This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is indeed Nirvana talking with Britt Giroli on the airwaves here on 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standing, we are with you till 11 o'clock. We've been talking uh Commanders NFL draft with Logan Paulson talking some Nats and baseball with Eno Saris. We we were talking before the break about how the Minnesota Timberwolves have just imploded with a chance to have a huge two one series lead over Memphis, and instead they're going to fall after being up. I don't know what their count was, but it took at least a twenty one zero enough a twenty one zero run for Memphis just to get back to even, and they've now pulled away another wild night in the NBA. We can talk more about that. As well, Britt, um, had a complete random thought, though, off of all these topics. There was some big news in college basketball this week. Uh, Villanova coach Jay Wright announced that he was going to step down and uh, retire. And I don't know, maybe there were some signs of that, but it, you know, I think generally speaking, pretty shocking news to a lot of people. And, you know, by the time Jay Wright became the coach of Villanova, you know, I grew up a you know, fan of Georgetown and uh, – all that. And so, you know, you hated all the other biggie schools and whatever. Um, and Villanova obviously famously beat Georgetown in the national title game back when Roly Massimino was a coach. And Jay Wright wasn't, wasn't part of that from my perspective, but he's been their guy for a while. And he had turned Villanova into a, a monster program. I mean, multiple national titles. They're in it every year. They've been dominating the big East forever. And it's the rare time for, for me at least where a coach, I, I, I'm not a fan anymore, but you know, I can still sort of recognize that aspect as a fan. I have nothing but sort of admiration for Jay Wright as he goes out. I'm almost kind of sad to see him leave. As a reporter, I enjoyed my times asking him questions. He was a, he was a coach. I gave some real answers and thoughtful answers to questions. He just always seemed like a really classy guy, and I have to have nothing but respect for what they've been able to do there. And it's kind of a bummer to leave because every time these coaches now leave – it chips away what's left for me with college basketball, what I know. They're the staples. They're the ones on the sidelines you know. When you hear Villanova's playing, I know what that means because of Jay Wright, just like with Duke, with Krzyzewski. And now another one is going, and it is kind of tearing up, tearing at me a little bit because it means the another part of the era is is ending, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to, uh, to Jay Wright. Well, I'm glad you did. I, I did see that, and I thought the same thing. Like, it is definitely – the end of an era to some extent in college. It just seems like we've we've seen a lot of really big names over the last, I'd say, a couple of years kind of fade out. Tom Izzo, though. Your guy. 
still there. Well, there, I mean, that's the thing. But there's there's Tom Izzo at, at your alma mater. There's Jim Beheim at Syracuse. There's John Calipari at, at Kentucky. And I'm probably forgetting a couple, but I mean, really, like, there's not many other names who who've been staples. I guess you could say Bill Self with Kansas is obviously they just won the national title, and he's now been there for a while uh, for sure. But you know, look, and this is an age thing. I'm of a certain age where this is my thinking. Whereas if you're maybe a younger, somebody younger, you're looking at some of these coaches, um, you know, who be, who I don't even consider. I don't know your. Uh, your, your Nate Oates is in Alabama. I don't know if that's a good example, but even like Tony Bennett of Virginia, they won a title, but he's sort of outside of my era of when I started watching. I remember Tony Bennett when he played, but um, I don't I don't sort of count him. So anyway, it was just sort of a reminder. Now, to be clear, I wasn't at all upset that Krzyzewski left. I mean, I actually was kind of bummed because I enjoy rooting against Duke, so him leaving kind of takes that away from me, but I was fine to see him sort of right off into the sunset um, with the loss in the final four, kudos to him for getting there, but thrilled for the rest of us that they lost. Um, but this one feels different. I, you know, like I said, Jay Wright's never been somebody that I felt hostility towards. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a big Georgetown fan, and he even kind of said the same thing. And he is still a uh, a fan of the team, so notable for sure. And by the way, on some positive news, this actually might be good for Georgetown and Maryland because Villanova has been taking True. DMV kids up there for a while. Uh, Josh Hart obviously was one of those was one of those guys, and uh, you know the, they the, those two programs here need to keep you know they you know put the proverbial fence around the DMV, lock out everybody from the WCAC, keep those kids here. Easier said than done, but maybe that maybe that'll change with Jay Wright gone. Yeah, so this game is over now. The Grizzlies have won one hundred four to ninety five. So do we know what the ultimate run was at the end? Like from- uh, they had a twenty six point comeback. I think it was like 83-62, so you can do the – we maybe need Eno Saris so, to do the math on that one. But I mean, they did go on a 21-0 run. Yeah, I mean, it's – Tie qu- the game in the fourth. Here's the thing, though. Like, they didn't even end up winning by one. They ended up winning by nine points. I mean, Minnesota just totally fell apart here. Really, really remarkable. Um, the series is now t- tied. No, one. it's uh, right? it's uh, it two, uh, two, two to one. Three. Yeah, two to two to one Memphis. I mean, that's what, right. I mean. There's always you know the odd games are always extra pivotal because you know somebody's about to take the lead. And for the Timberwolves to have been up to have won the game to be up to one and going you know game four would be at home as well. You know that's a really good opportunity to to really uh, take control and instead just I mean, what an unbelievably demoralizing game and you know with a team that hasn't been there before. You know, we'll see how they rebound uh, for sure. But what the, this is, you know, the, it, it, however long the Minnesota Timberwolves are a franchise, this will be a game that is discussed in one of those. Boy, do you remember where we were when whatever whatever they call this game, yeah. you know, whatever the thing becomes, if it's, I don't know, whatever they call it, that this will be one of those games. Yeah, really remarkable. And then, of course, we mentioned this earlier, but uh, big news in baseball, Miguel Cabrera, one hit shy of 3,000, which would make him just the 33rd player in MLB history. Uh, he got intentionally walked in the eighth inning uh, of the Tigers' win over the Yankees. Fans were booing that were in attendance. Don't blame them. He started the day right on the cusp. You had to feel pretty good about him getting that hit. And then, of course, they take the bat out of his hands. Aaron Boone got booed mercilessly during this game. Uh, he said it was a baseball call. 
But he did acknowledge, Ben, that it was a little gut-wrenching, and I'm sure it was. Uh, Cabrera said after the game, you know, didn't really matter. It's all about winning. Um, but, uh, you know, just really an interesting call. I understand that people, you know, I understand both sides. I understand booing Aaron Boone, who's trying to win the game because the Yankees haven't been very good. They lost the series over the weekend in Baltimore. They need to win. And then I also understand taking your kids out of school, taking the day off of work, whatever, to see history, and then having the guy get intentionally walked. I mean, this is like I was out in Anaheim when uh, Albert Pujols was trying to, I think, go for his 500th home run, and he got hit by a pitch. And people booed that as well because, you know, there's nothing worse than taking the bat out of these guys' hands. Yeah, all true. I mean, I guess I have to have some sympathy for for Aaron Boone, if you're trying to win the game and it was a, it'd be one thing if it was just some complete bogus thing, if they're up 12, one or something and you know that, but if you're saying the game is in the balance and he's doing the right thing, I guess I can't get him too much. Even if I would be one of those people, perhaps uh, somewhat annoyed. Have you, uh, you've obviously been to countless baseball games. Is, have you been to a momentous moment, like a 3000th hit or so, or so, or a 500th yeah. homer or something like that. Yeah, I mentioned last night on Twitter because um, I thought Cabrera maybe had a chance last night. He had a couple hits. Uh, I saw Adrian Beltre get his 3,000th hit in Texas. It was against the Orioles. And they stopped the game for a few minutes. His family came out. It was a really cool um, celebration. It was a really cool thing to see. I've never seen a perfect game or a no-hitter live, and I've covered baseball really? since 2008. I saw, Scher- I-, I saw one of Scherzer's no-hitters yeah. live. Every time Scherzer pitched in D.C., you're always ready for it. Right. Um, it, it is remarkable to me that I covered the Orioles for nine years and they never were no hit when I was there. There were so many close calls, but just never. It's harder than people think, especially now, as we saw Clayton Kershaw getting removed uh, for pitch count. It's becoming harder and harder to see those things. So, yeah, yeah. and Pulhos, like I said, thought he was going to, to hit that marker with the home runs and did not do it. It's tough. Yeah, for sure. I was at the game where Cal Ripken tied the record, tied Lou Gehrig's record. Uh, that was an unbelievable game. And then, of course, the next game was even more insane. Just the atmosphere. Still bizarre. All that happened. All that over just a guy showing up to work every day. Yeah. But it was it was a huge deal for sure. The the on the flip side of all this, when I was a kid, when so I guess it was 1980 when George Brett is uh trying to get the be you know bat 400 he he finished the year i think hitting 390 i want to say but he had a 30 game hitting streak and i my dad and i were randomly in texas the 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 royals were playing the rangers we went to the game and i'm like wow this is great george brett here we go he went over four the streak ended 30 game hitting streak ended that night this that that's the opposite of uh of, of 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 what we're talking about yeah exactly so do you have a favorite Sports memory, call in, let us know. Um, we're here until 11, taking your calls. Kind of just play and spin the wheel, like Ben said. We're going to talk NBA, NFL. Maybe we'll get back into your mock draft. Do you need the, the number, of course, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. And particularly, call in and ask Britt questions, because I really think she has a lot to say tonight, but you just have to help get it out of her. <laughs> All right, we'll see you back here in just a few minutes. Brent Chiroli, Ben Standing, uh, here on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standick, Britt Giroli here. Some Lenny Kravitz coming in. Britt, uh, I, I don't know if, you're, if you know this or not. My cat's name is Lenny. Partly named after Lenny Kravitz. I, I, I suspect Donald was not aware of that, but here we go. Uh, no, I was not aware of that either. Lenny Kravitz. Um, okay, well, anyway, Ben, we kind of teased before the show that we were going to get into the NFL draft, um, get into your mock draft. We did talk to Logan Paulson a little bit uh, earlier in the show about kind of the sexy pick of the wide receiver. I am wondering, though, we spend so much time talking about that first pick. What about the rest of the draft? What do, what do they do with the rest of this draft? Well, the, I mean, like I said, we kind of know the basic needs. Logan peeled them off earlier. You can rank them a little bit differently. The, the, the headliners are probably on defense. That 11th defender is missing. Realistically, that's a, a another cornerback slash safety or a third linebacker, but probably more of the defensive back. And on offense, they have a, a viable starting 11. It's just, can they get a little more punch in the offense or get a little better on the line? So whatever you do with the first pick is going to dictate a lot of that. So, for example, if Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, is there at 11, that seems like a probably decent way to go. But in round two, there are also some really good safeties, Jalen Petrie, from Baylor, uh, uh, Brisker from Penn State, uh, a couple guys like that are there. Some cornerbacks like Kair Elam from Florida could be there. And then you go the other way. If you go receiver, well, so so if you go receiver, then you can go with the safety. If you go for the safety, you go in a lot of different directions as well. So that's the thing. It's not just we focus on 11 because it's the most tangible thing to do. There's only so many names we have to come up with versus dozens and dozens the other way. But it all starts with what do you do at that pick? That is why just to promote the story I had up today on the on the athletic I did a mock draft three different ways one with receiver first one with uh, another position first one I did a bunch of trades and in doing that it is to sort of say okay everybody wants these positions fine we'll do this but now that means you didn't draft you know you wanted the, the tight end and the running back fine you didn't get the defensive lineman 
and the safety or whatever the deal is. So it is a fun exercise on that front. I mean, fun for me. I think for you, it's it would be a borderline nightmarish. But, I mean, it was a fun exercise, and it does help sort of to your point of what are they going to do. We know what they need. It's just a matter of how, what's do, how do you get there. You have gotten a lot of questions, though, right? You ask people for questions, and I'm curious, like, what people want to know. Is it all just about that pick 11? Do people care? They should care about the rest of the draft because there are still some impact things you can do to your organization later on. I, oddly, half the questions are about what is Britt's fitness plan because she is a noted athlete, but we'll, we, I don't want to put you on the spot with those questions. Uh, we'll, we'll come to some other ones here with just with the commanders. God help us. Yeah, for sure. Um, one question here, and this sort of ties in with what we were discussing earlier uh, from a, let's see, what is the actual Twitter handle? Well, you know what? It's at John SHA, and then literally there are eight other numbers after that. I'm not doing all that. It's like a phone number after that. We got to work on that for this guy. In any event, the question is, assuming the commanders stay at the 11, any chance they pick a player that's not a defensive back or receiver. And this is what we were talking about before. It's really hard for me to justify any scenario in which that doesn't happen because of the board. Logan mentioned earlier that he's a, a big fan of Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. Danny Brugler, there are NFL draft analysts at the Athletic. He's got Devin Lloyd, I think is like ninth or tenth top rated prospect. And you could justify Washington taking a linebacker, even though last year they spent a first round pick on one. Except that typically people just don't want to spend a first-round pick that high on an off-ball linebacker. The fact that you have Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb means that either, A, those two guys are going to be playing primarily every down when you go with sort of your sub-package five defensive backs. If you draft another linebacker, then one of those two is sitting. That Not that you can't do better, but that you may need not need to do that. But again, that's just an example of like I could sort of try to talk myself into taking this guy, but it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. And, you know, there are offensive linemen. I, I don't know. Look, they could, I guess, as Logan was saying, is there a world where there's going to be an offensive tackle sitting there? And they say, the heck with this. Let's take this guy, kick Sam Cosme to guard and move on. I guess. But, you know, that that to me doesn't quite make sense, but it could because I'm I'm always a believer in building on the line. But this is, but you see, but even the question is asking, can we do something besides receiver and defensive back? It's not as easy. I mean, you, you can do whatever you want in life, but I, it is not, it's not that easy to, to rationally say that they can do that. But they can get tangibly better from this draft, in your opinion. Sure. I mean, you know, the, the, the ultimate tricky thing here is they only have two picks in the top 100. They, they have a first and a second round pick, but no third. So, and they also don't have a fifth. So, you know, you can always get, you know, lucky and find some guys in the later rounds, Cam Curl, Chase Ruye, a couple guys who start for this team that were drafted in the sixth and seventh round. But in general, you know, your starters are, you, you know, are going to be those early rounds and maybe even up to the fourth. And they don't have as many of those picks. So, you know, that's the, that, that, that's the challenge. I mean, the good news is there's still enough guys out there in free agency when this draft is over, presumably they'll go get some guys. Some teams will also release players. That's what happened last year when they got Charles Leno. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure they will get enough talent to to field a, a viable a roster. But it is, uh, I would trust me. Nobody would love to be able to figure out a scenario where I can mock them to anything other than 
a receiver and a defensive back. But right now, unless they make a trade, I just can't figure out how to do that. Interesting. And when you look at this draft then, I mean, you could pretty much grade it right away. It's not like baseball where you have to wait years. You know these guys. You know these players. You pretty much know how they're going to slot into this organization. Um, but now that they solved the quarterback thing, I feel like people aren't quite as dependent on this draft to improve this team for next year, right? They still need to make outside moves. They can't just rely on the draft. They need to really kind of wake up and do something. And we haven't talked too much about what's going on with Terry McLaurin. And that that was big news earlier in the week and kind of the ripple effects, if any, of that situation. For sure. And I think we can get into talk more about that after the break. But the connection here is with the news of the day, so to speak, the news of the last 24 hours is that 49ers receiver Debo Samuel flat out said he wants to be traded. The reasons are a bit unclear. It doesn't seem like it's about the money. It may be about his usage. He doesn't like being used as a running back a ton. Some Some notion is he doesn't want to live in San Francisco. He's a South Carolina guy. It wants to get back closer to home. All right, what have you. But he's one of the most talented players out there. He was a huge for the 49ers who were one quarter away from making the Super Bowl. And the connection with Terry McLaurin is they're both part of this 2019 receiver group that is up for extensions, all very talented, and all are sort of saying, maybe not in unison, but they're all saying, we're going to show up perhaps for some of these workouts are some of these voluntary programs, but we're not going to step on the field until we get a new deal. That's not a huge deal for at least another few weeks, but it's looming. And Debo Samuel is an example of, Hey, if a team doesn't know what is happening with their player, maybe you want to make a trade. We can get more into that. And what does mean for Tara McLaurin, Ben Standick, Bricciaroli here on one Oh six, seven, the fan. All right, welcome back. Richard Rowley, Ben Standing, here with you until 11 o'clock on 106.7 The Fan. Overtime? Too late for overtime? Overtime's overtime? Ben, what do we call this? Extra innings, overtime, sudden death, bonanza. The full, that was the full gamut of sports right there. There's a lot. There's there's a lot going on. I have a completely random topic. So there, the we have the NBA game on here, and there was a commercial, and Sue Bird was in. I think there was a CarMax commercial or something. I don't know if that's a sponsor, but I, I'm a huge Sue Bird fan. If I just had to rank my favorite basketball players, she's in my top ten. I, I mean, I always every time she was coming through when I was kind of on the paying attention to the Mystics a lot more, I'd always go watch. But her Q rating has gone up dramatically in the last year or so. She is in. You know how like Baker Mayfield was in like every commercial or yeah. it feels like Charles Bark was on? Sue Bird is in like every other commercial these days. All of them. And I which kudos, but it's just like, wow, all the commercials. Women's basketball is on the up and up. Did you see that more people watch the women's final four this year than the Stanley Cup last year? Um, did not. Um, I don't know what sometimes I see these numbers, I don't always know what they mean in true context, but yeah, I mean, at look at I mean it does seem like the, the women's game has um, gotten more attention, which is great. I, I covered the Mystics for years and got overly frustrated when people would constantly say, really? Like, why Why am I watching that? I'm like, I don't know. It's basketball. Like, do you, if, if it's, it's other than the lack of dunking, 
it's not that complicated to see the similar sport, especially when it's the best of the best playing. Yeah, I think what's been cool too to see is the NBA players have backed the the WNBA so so publicly and so vocally. I think that has helped, right? Like the the cool factor. And you've seen it even. I remember the year the the Mystics won. Um, the Nats were always wearing all their stuff. Like you, you've kind of seen um, a lot of cross pollination in teams in in terms of like people supporting other sports teams, and I think that's helped elevate women's sports as well. Like obviously, women's soccer has been having a, a little bit of a reckoning over the past couple of years, but um, women's basketball has been around, and those are fun games to go to. It's a smaller stadium. The tickets are a lot cheaper. Um, I, I, have, I have a really good time when I go out to the Mystics games. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, since the pandemic, I don't think I have been able to get out there. You know, obviously the world is different for, for everybody. But prior to that, uh, I, I enjoyed it. They had the new arena over there, uh, you know, where the where, same facility where the Wizards practice, a more intimate space. And I was there when they won the title. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time. And, look, Del Don is still out there. If you're ta- talking about this particular team, Natasha Cloud is one of the most popular athletes in the league. She's, uh, you know, always out and about. She's always a, a viable vocal presence in town. So uh, don't even – oh, yeah, I brought this up because of Sue Bird. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good time. They, they actually just had their media day the other day. That Their season is rounding in, into form here soon. We will see um, how that goes. Uh but yeah, I mean, uh, it's always the the interesting part of the of the calendar is some sports fade out, some sports are coming up, and uh, yeah, good, 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 good to know. I always enjoy basketball, honestly, at any level. Yeah, yeah, and of course, obviously, we talked about the NBA in the thick of the playoffs, huge, huge collapse for Minnesota Timberwolves, um, blow a twenty plus point lead, end up losing. They are now trailing in that series. Baseball is getting going. The Nationals were on before we came on. They end up splitting a series with Arizona. They lost four to three today. Uh, we're able to bring Juan Soto up with the game on the line, but he popped up. They're now going to face the Giants this weekend. Real big test uh, because Arizona is terrible. They entered this series against the Nats as the worst offense in baseball. Uh, the Nats won the first two games, dropped the second two. You're going to see probably a lot of series like that from the Nats, a bunch of inconsistencies as they still rebuild, as they still kind of figure out who's part of their future and who isn't. But we talked about this, Ben, with Eno Saris. Patrick Corbin is starting tomorrow night, and he, to me, is a guy who needs to kind of take control of this rotation, who needs to have a good outing, who needs to get back on track. And as Eno pointed out, you know, he's always going to have that slider, and that is what he lives off of. And when he was really good Patrick Corbin... In 2019, he was pitching off of that. And when he can't locate that pitch, he really, really struggles. So I'm curious to see what he does tomorrow night against a, a very tough Giants lineup. What, what is, uh, obviously you want to have a complete team. What what do you think is more frustrating when you have the situation right now where it feels like with the Nats where the starting pitching just is not there relative to previous expectations, but also to win versus where it seems like where the Mets had been in previous years, where like their aces would go out and be unbelievable and lose one zip like constantly because their offense, like could not get runs for, for them. Like what, 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 what do you, what do you find is like, it, obviously you need it all, but it always feels like if you don't have the starting pitching, your offense can only score so many runs. Whereas the other way, if you can scrape out three runs, 
especially in this era, you should be able to, to get by. It, it, right now, they're on the I think the wrong end of that. But but what do you what do you think? Yeah, I think it's worse if you're wasting good starts. And you, we've seen this with the Yankees a little bit. Um, I mentioned they lost the series in Baltimore over the weekend. Nestor Cortez pitched really well for them, and they couldn't score. I think that's more frustrating. I honestly think with Jacob Degrom that he may be the Sandy Koufax of our era. He may be the guy who we talk about who was so good but never could stay healthy because he's out again. And people were worried about Max Scherzer. And I think everyone here in D.C. who saw him pitch through so many different ailments were never super concerned about Max Scherzer. But Jacob deGrom is just a transcendent talent, man, that just cannot stay healthy. And I wonder if we're just going to be sitting here talking about how what could have been with that guy. He just reminds me a lot of Sandy Koufax. There is nothing... Uh, be you know in terms beyond uh, dealing with things like uh, mortality, there's nothing sadder in sports than the athlete who shows incredible promise, who who delivers and just physically cannot stay on the field. I mean, Bo Jackson, you know, two yeah. sports star, crushing it in both, and ha- suffers this hip injury that takes him out just incredibly way too early. He's still to me. When you talk about best athletes of all time, that's always a bit of a misnomer. It's more of like best competitors of all time. You know, who's the biggest winners, basically. But best athlete, he is right up there. I mean, if you want to tell me LeBron or somebody, great. But Bo Jackson, unbelievable, cut short because because of injuries. Just could not stay healthy. And it is a bummer when you see these guys just, or, or women, just cannot get past these issues that, you know, I'm sure they're trying, but, what, you know, what can they do? Yeah, you're right. That would be an interesting debate is like what – what players throughout sports really should have been better, right? Or should have had better careers, right? I always go to Bobby Orr, um, Boston Bruins legend, a guy who you know was just absolutely dominant. Just you know, his knees failed him. But of course, the modern advances in in medical technology, if he played today, um, wouldn't have had the same problems, right? So it's also a function of when you play, because yeah. you know, in baseball, Tommy John surgery used to just end your career. Now you take a year off, they take a, a muscle out of your calf, put it in your arm, you come back, and lots of times you're throwing harder than ever before. So Bo Jackson is a really interesting one, too. Um, I think, you know, who, you wonder, like, what these guys could have been. And with Jacob deGrom, I hope we don't get to a place where it's like, what could he have been? But we also may get there, because it seems like every season with this guy, he just can't stay healthy. But it is interesting to think about um, these all-time greats, like you were saying, like what if Tom Brady had a career cut short by injury, right? Or, you know, Peyton Manning comes back from that neck injury. What if he had had that earlier in his career? Um, you know, it's it's such an interesting thing when you think about sports because there's also so much luck involved when it comes to health and comes to what your injuries are as well as when you played. And that really impacts your career. It impacts your legacy. It impacts how we think about you as, as viewers and, and fans. Yeah, no, with, with, without that, we, it's, it's funny. We're talking about injuries and people getting cut short. And I mentioned earlier being at the game where Cal Ripken ties the record uh, at that point for the most consecutive games played, the literal opposite end of the spectrum. And it's just funny, just, you know, I mean, obviously all, all these athletes, in theory, are doing the best, they try to do the, the best they can to be in shape, to, to do all the right things. And just, you know, whether it's genetics, bad luck, and sometimes – Things do not break your way, uh, but it has been uh, things have been breaking our way all night here, Britt. We've had plenty to discuss, uh, even at this late hour. We're, we've got a little bit more time here left. We, we can talk a little bit more about NBA playoffs. Maybe I'll even just grill Britt on 
uh, all things about the Nats. She is absolutely can't wait to talk more. So we'll do that. Ben Standick, Britt Giroli here on 106.7 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, final segment here with Ben Standing and Britt Giroli. We write for The Athletic. That's typically, if you want to engage with us, where you can find us or on Twitter. I'm at Ben Standing. And you are, there's an underscore there. That's why I always get confused. I was waiting for you to pronounce my last name. No, that I got. But All right. Britt underscore Giroli. Yeah. The, 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 I, I'm not, I can't, st- I cannot stand, I have an irrational hatred of underscores in, in, in Twitter, uh, Twitter handles. I think I, somebody had Britt Giroli, as weird as that sounds. Ha, right. I mean, is that, is that an homage to you or there's another human being with that name? Uh, it's, not that weird of a name. It's not. I don't know. Is Giroli common? Girolis are everywhere. Man. Oh, really? Yeah. But Brit Giroli. I mean, I guess I don't know why I did it. Maybe I just I don't know. It was ten years ago. Well, you know, something to consider as you make your other life choices. Uh, you know what? I just made a TikTok yesterday, and I think I did the same thing. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I just signed up for TikTok. Wow. And I'm at no. There's no underscore. I'm just at Brit Giroli. One word. Yeah. If you're on TikTok, find me. No. Um, I only see TikTok when it gets shoved into Twitter or something like that. I'm never going to sign up for that. I figured I should get on it and reserve my name before somebody else does. And also, all players are getting younger and younger, Ben. Instagram, Twitter is going by the wayside. They're all on TikTok. I, I was on Snapchat, I think, for about two months because there was a point where like one of the players on the Washington team, uh, when they had different names, he was like posting like his updates on snapchat and it was like at a point where things were kind of awkward with him i think it was sewer cravens anyway so i got on there at that point and after about two months i was like you know what the heck with it if i'm missing news because of this i'm good i feel like i'm i feel like it's a reasonable call i feel like snapchat kind of maybe faded out a bit but but you're right tiktok is a is a thing um let, let's just kind of rip wrap up uh so the night in the nba here we already talked before about minnesota just absolutely blowing uh, a a humongous lead to fall to Memphis, and now they trail in that series two to one. When Britt and I made our predictions 
for the at the start of the NBA playoffs. I believe the only series that we may have disagreed on was Dallas and the Jet and Utah. And even though Luka Doncic was hurt, I did still go with Dallas in part because I don't believe in Utah ever. Uh, they're just one of those teams. I just feel like I, I just their their best players, Rudy Gobert in particular, not buying it. Well, right now the series tied one one. Dallas is up seventy eight sixty four in the midway through the third quarter in Utah. Uh, if you know, if if Utah loses this series, they they just have to blow the whole thing up. The, 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 this is never going to go anywhere. I already think that's the case, but now it would be in particular. Then we've got Golden State Denver. They're still early first half, basically a tie game. But you know, if this is going to be a series, Denver's going to have to win this one. They're already down o two. Uh, and then we have got more games tomorrow. Uh, Bucks, Bulls, one one. Suns, Pelicans, one one. Heat up two zero. The series shifts to Atlanta. So we'll see how the the Bucks and the Suns rally without a couple of their key guys hurt uh, in the last game. We talked about earlier Devin Booker and Chris Middleton. Yeah, and in other sports news, as you showed me during the break, Mike Tyson was involved in like a physical altercation on an airplane. I, yeah, I mean, you see it. You see it says Mike Tyson on video hitting, punching somebody in the face on a plane, and you're thinking, "Oh boy, well this can't be great." And you can't physically see him making contact, but you can see him sort of like he's up in his seat. He looks like he's a window seat guy. Yeah, he's up in his seat, leaning over. It looks like, and he's pummeling some guy. Uh, I didn't see the f- official report, but it seemed as if the suggestion was that this other person was drunk and annoying Tyson. And Tyson, I guess, had enough. Could you imagine what level of drunk do you, let's just say this is accurate. What level of drunk do you have to be? Like, I wouldn't feel great if I was drunk antagonizing you, let alone Mike Tyson. Yeah. Um, apparently, yeah, you got a water bottle thrown at him. I mean, listen, I would definitely not mess with a guy who has a little bit of a rap sheet, right? He... He bit an ear off. Also, he was the he heavy, like he, he was like the punched a parking attendant back in the day. Remember that? Yeah, he's also just he had he, like a mis- he had a bunch of misdemeanor charges. He was also the heavyweight champion of the world, right? I mean, just at a base at a True. base level. Um, one of my all time, maybe my all time favorite quote from sports was when somebody asked Mike Tyson early in his career about you know so and so is going to say they're gonna, this is going to be their plan going in to face you, and he goes, "Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face." And, yeah. and it's a great quote. And then I saw this happen. My this guy, other guy had a plan until literally Mike Tyson punched him in the face. <laughs> what what a clown that is! You know, and it's one thing that sometimes like you can have like a badge of honor or some of these things. You know, oh, I was at a I was at somewhere and I was kind of getting into it with so and so. You don't want to be the guy who got punched in the face. I've flown a lot. I've never seen a fight on an airplane. Have you? Because here's the thing. Nobody ever wants to mess around because the first thing they're going to do is kick you off an airplane or put you in jail. Yeah, I didn't actually see. Was the plane, was it Was it in flight? I, I didn't see I that. No, I, I, could, I didn't know. I don't, I don't know from reading the article, but have you ever been or seen an altercation on a plane? I haven't. People I, are generally go out of the way to not, to defuse. Because the first thing you're going to do is get kicked off the plane. The next thing you're going to do is going to ruin it for everybody else. Right. If they have to divert you to, you know, wherever you're going to the closest airport because, you know, you got to get the, the, the marshals involved and all that stuff. It's a disaster. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's already bad enough when you have your flights diverted for weather or who who knows what else. No, that, that would be that would be a problem. And, yeah, it just 
I, I need to see more about this story to understand the other guy's point of view. What could you possibly be doing to want to provoke Mike Tyson? Imagine getting a text from a friend like, hey, I'm on this plane and Mike Tyson is getting into it with guys. Oh, I mean, when you're taking the, the the person who took the video, like we've all been in situations like, oh, let me take a video of this. Look at this guy with this weird shirt or look at here's a video of Mike Tyson punching a guy on a Amazing. plane like that. That's one of those videos you're saving to your hard drive and never deleting it. And calling TMZ Sports and saying, how much do you want for this video? <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good point. Yeah. Not only is it entertaining for you and a memory and a memory for sure, you could actually make some money off of this. With, without a doubt. Um, all right, we are getting to the end here. Uh, many thanks to Eno Saris, for, to Logan Paulson for their time. Thanks to everybody who's, who calls in, not just here, but any, every time Britt and I are on the show and hit us up on Twitter. Definitely appreciate that. Thanks to Donald behind the glass. Britt and I are back here on Sunday morning. Yes. I was trying to tell Britt she's got to bring the bagels or something. We have not gotten a, fair, a full commitment yet out of her, but I'm going to I'm gonna keep grilling on this. If I do, there's a good deli around here. The Not Your Mother's. Gr- look, you, see, this is why you need to do this. I, I, there's, a good, there's a really good deli around here. Maybe well, if I wake up early. We've already established. If it's left to me, we'll starve. All right. 9 to 12 here on 106.7. Thank you, everyone, so much. We will be back with you soon. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.